Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Welcome back, everyone. Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. Great to be with you as always today. If you missed anything, make sure you go pick up the podcast today. Uh, you can do that on your KSL News Radio app, powered by Any Hour Services. And uh, lots to go back and, and review today and throughout the week this week. And uh, we are very pleased to be joined socially distanced on the far side of the studio today uh, by Representative Chris Stewart. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. Good to be with you, Boyd. It's an honor. And I'll, I'll say to everyone listening, there's no one in public policy that uh, or opinion that I respect more. Yeah, I just think you have such a great tone. And uh, and no one's smarter than you. So thank well, you for the opportunity. I appreciate that. I really appreciate that. And you're... Uh, you had a little bit of a unique hearing coming in uh, into the building today. Well, I was kind of laughing about it because it's the first time I've ever uh, – I'm on this China task force, and I was chairing this uh, this subcommittee, but I had to come down here and talk to you. So I was actually chairing it while I was riding my motorcycle in, which I think is a first for me. <laughs> That's got to be a first anywhere in the country yeah. that uh, we've got somebody chairing the committee uh, by, by motorcycle. You know, it's actually easier than you would think because once you give these people a chance to talk, they'll usually keep going. So yeah. I don't have to say much. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We've watched some of the hearings on the coronavirus yeah. today. And, uh, yeah, some of those members, uh, you, you tee them up and uh, you don't even need to put yep. a quarter in them. Yep, that's right. <laughs> uh, well, I want to take the, the opportunity today to uh, – one to to have you share some of the things that you're observing. Uh, obviously, this is a really interesting period of time. Uh, but but we've been talking about this Boston to Philadelphia thing. Uh, you're still worried about uh, a little bit of Boston. Yeah, I am. I'm, I mean, I've had a lot of people who are, are who are going to go all Boston on us here in a minute. There is an awful lot of concern. And an awful lot of emotion out there. And this is from just normal folks. These are from people who haven't been involved in politics, don't follow it that much. But uh, many of them are just scared to death about what's happening in, in our culture and our country right now. And they should be. My gosh, Boyd, every time we read a newspaper, every time we look at the media, we see something that just makes us think, is that our country? I mean, it, and it's happening so quickly now. That's another thing is things that we thought, well, I could imagine that maybe happening, but, you know, it's going to take a lifetime or it's going to take, you know, a generation. And it happens over a weekend. I think that's what's got a lot of people concerned is the change in how quickly it's coming. Yeah. And that's uh, that's such an interesting thing to me that uh, we've got uh, this this rapid unraveling this rapid change and it shows you the power of anger and fear and frustration and, and uh, being pent up with a pandemic. Uh, and yet we know that as a country, we've got to come back uh, to those principles, those core pieces, uh, so that we can begin that march to Philadelphia, that positive vision. Uh, 
Uh, I know you've uh, worked across the aisle on a host of different things back in D.C. What is it that gives you hope that we can get to that Philadelphia vision, even in a very divisive time in our history? Well, I mean, that's a great question. It's one I've actually spent a lot of time thinking about, as I think all of us have. You know, what is the future of our country? What is it going to look like? How do we get there? How do we preserve it? You know, Abraham Lincoln called us the last best hope on earth. I believe that's still true. And one other thing, and this is a partial answer to your question, Boyd, and that is how do we do that? One of them is remembering... Uh, there is not another uh, a second choice for the United States. The role that we play in the world, the light that we are to the world, the security we provide to the world, everything from children in Africa to you know national security and, and guaranteeing a, uh, you know navigation around the, around the seas, et cetera, et cetera. No one else will do that if we don't. And uh, and I think that's one of the things we have to remind ourselves, you know, those of us who get discouraged and say, oh, you know what, I just forget it. It's just not worth fighting over any longer. We can't do that. We not only owe it to our children, we owe it to every child in the, in the world. Because if the U.S. stumbles, the world crumbles underneath us. And I think that's just the reality. So we have a tremendous obligation. With that tremendous obligation comes responsibility to be reasonable and as unemotional as we can be in how we think through how do we fix some of these things yeah. uh, such a, such an important uh, thing for us to to really think through and and work through as a society uh you wrote a, a great piece in uh deseret.com this week uh liberty and justice for all uh and that whole concept uh i want you to, to just spend these last couple of minutes if you're just joining us we've got representative chris stewart uh, with us today sharing some of his insight uh give us some perspective what has surprised you the most during this pandemic and this civil unrest going on? And again, what is that uh, hope you see for this next phase for the country? Yeah, you know, with liberty and justice for all is a phrase that all of us are familiar with. We say it in the Pledge of Allegiance. And I actually took another quote from Abraham Lincoln, and that is with uh, malice toward none and charity towards all. And I think that's really one of the keys here. And that was kind of the theme of this piece. And that is, you know, they're not mutually exclusive choices before us. You can, as many of us feel, you can say we have to have something we haven't done in generation, I think since the 60s, another conversation about what it's like to be a minority and African-American in this country and listen in ways we haven't done before. At the same time, we have to be able to say, and we should be able to say, you know, the world, we descend into chaos, if not for the sacrifice of, of the police. And that there are some police that should be that should be identified and absolutely expelled from the force and, and held accountable for any misdeeds they have, because that happens. And it makes me furious when it does. As someone who is an officer in the military who had that special responsibility, I feel that fury of people who abuse that authority we've given them. But the truth is, is that the majority of police are just good people servants who are trying to serve their community. They're not doing it to get rich. They're many times endangering themselves. We can honor both of those principles at the same time. They're not, you don't have to choose one or the other. In fact, we have to choose both. And I think that was kind of the theme of this idea that, uh, you know, you don't have to choose sides on this and we don't have to go to war with each other. We can accomplish both of these, and we should accomplish both of these goals. Yeah, I, I think that's one of the, the real challenges is this, uh, the, the, the fake fight and the false choice. Uh, so many false choices uh, presented, and uh, I love the way you described it, that, no, we can we can do both of those things. We, we can be about law and order, and we can be about justice and mercy, and we can be about understanding and, and coming to a new place in terms of our, our relationships and what's uh, what's been part of a, a flawed system or a broken system or a prejudiced system. Uh, but too often we just get these, you know, extremes 
that don't allow us to actually elevate uh, and get to the better solution. And if you've chosen a side on this, you're wrong. I mean, I'll just say that boldly, but it's true. If you've taken one side on this and said that's the only thing that matters, then you're wrong. You have to be able to consider both positions on this. Uh, I I love that. I'm gonna I'm gonna repeat that for everybody. Uh, Representative Chris Stewart and and has just said that if you've if you've chosen a side, uh, you're wrong. Uh, this is this is not about red and blue. This is not about liberal conservative. This is not about any of those things. Uh, th- this is about uh, the country. This is about America. Yeah. Well, thank you. Last 30 seconds. Uh, give us a, a final thought as people roll into the 4th of July weekend. Well, uh, look, in 30 seconds, I think the most important thing I could say is that uh, it's not the end of the world, although some people would wish it would be, frankly, but it's not. And uh, and I continue to be optimistic about our country. When we look at the challenges we've encountered and overcome in the past, this truly is, is – uh, is minor compared to many of them. And I think just that historical perspective, we've been through t- harder times. We'll, we'll get through this, but we got to do it together. And I know that sounds like a platitude, but it's true. You can't look at your fellow Americans and say they're the enemy. If that's the case, then we, we have no hope. Look at each other. We are good people. We'll figure out how to do this. Yeah, so appreciate that. Representative Chris Stewart uh, joining us uh, socially distanced in our studio today. Uh, always appreciate your perspective, your historic perspective. We've been here before Uh, And it's so important for us to recognize that we have been here before. And as Americans, we got this honesty, transparency, accountability always leads to more freedom and a better world. I'm Boyd Matheson, opinion editor of the Deseret News. Thanks for joining us on Inside Sources today. And as always, as you go out into the world, make sure you see something that inspires, say something that uplifts and do something that makes a difference. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.